and RJ Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like... The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hi. Good afternoon. How's your day? We're off to a great start here. I walk in. On the full court press. I walk in, it's dead silent. Your eyes are wide open like, uh, uh, what do I do? Oh, I just blew that out. Crap. <laughs> Wrong button. Wrong button. Boy, uh, welcome back from Orlando, Eric. I know. Welcome back. How are you, Eric, though? You doing all right? Uh, it's been a crazy couple of days. Has just it? Say that. Coming back from a, a vacation Getting is always your feet back on the ground. Hectic. Feedback, that's good. That's good. You know who really needs their legs back and their feedback are the Jazz. They took care of things all right last night. Uh, did they really? I mean, they were down by 17, we're up by 25, and then won by like nine. So I wouldn't necessarily say um, they took care of things. They yeah, won, but- yes, but they were on, dude, they were fried. By like the third quarter, they were just. I mean, they had nothing left. No, they had a really good second and third quarter, and then they built up a 25-point lead, and then they were just like, Ugh. But Lou Dort, he just kept playing. Like, I'm Dude, not giving has up. has he ever missed against the Jazz? Has he ever missed a shot against Utah in his career? <laughs> I'm kind of starting to wonder. I'm not going to lie to you. I remember watching him when he played for Arizona State. The Aggies played him. When Was that down in Las Vegas? Yeah. Was it a neutral site? Uh-huh. It was a neutral site game in Las Vegas. And... He gave the Aggies fits. Oh man, he was good. Like, gosh, kind of, and and I think this guy with a weird name. Yeah, uh, and he's just physical and just kept coming at him. And you, I remember watching. I was like, you know, he's gonna play in the league. He's gonna be a league player. I just didn't think he'd be that good that fast. I got to be honest. I'm I'm impressed. But hey, a win's a win. Yes. Uh, and your man George Niang got the start. Don't. He was hot. Oh, jeez. 18 points, had a double-double. Yeah, I bet you think he's hot. I mean, come <laughs> played, on, dude. He played well. Okay. You can't deny it. You know, every now and then, you know, every now and then Chris Bryant hits a ball hard and it goes over the fence. But no one ever says Chris Bryant's a great hitter for obvious reasons, Okay. Every now and then, George Yang might hit a few shots, but no one says, George Yang's a consistently good rotational player. We were just down to freaking scrums by, 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 by the start of the game, and then all of a sudden we had no legs left in like the third quarter. So we're just dragging ourselves all the way through. That's the problem. Well, the, the nice thing here is that the Jazz don't play again until Friday. Are they at Indiana or at home? Uh, it's in Salt Lake, okay, so but it's like know. at noon or some like one o'clock. Oh, that's right. It's that one o'clock game on. Yeah, that's right. It's really weird. Yeah, that's right. Um, Why are they playing it that early in a so, weekday? Um, Is it because it's an international broadcast? Yes, that's. I, I think so. I've I, seen that before. Yeah, I. Um, it's a one o'clock. Uh, what is that called, man? I, I remember because I, I read something on this of, of, of why they're doing it. Um, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, I think one of the reasons was there, there was an, well, yeah, because they did the same thing for Luka Doncic. Um, 
there's like an international game between him and somebody else, and they put it like at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, like on a Thursday. But I don't know the whole entire story to that. And that'll be on our station, though. Yeah. It'll cut into our normal, regular programming in the afternoon. Not by much, right? Which About 10 yeah. minutes. Okay. It's a, 10, it's a, it's a good replacement for what else is Oh, there. heck yeah. Oh, come on. I mean... Well, Doug, yeah, I know it is. I Doug, mean, who would you rather listen to? David Locke calling a jazz game or Doug Golly <laughs> making up stupid lies again and saying stupid things on the radio instead oh, of Oh, he doesn't. He yes, he very, does. And you know he does. Very sure of himself. You know he does. Very sure of himself? <laughs> I guess I met they the all guy, are. But... I've met the guy in person. Yes, he is very sure of himself. <laughs> Absolutely. And he let you know that he was very oh sure Oh, my gosh. I was like, sir. He was not bashful about that. Sir. Uh, could you scoot down? Your ego is really tightening things up here on the uh, press row. There's not enough room on the press row. Not for you. For the and, size of your ego. Not for you and Rich Walsh to sit at the same table. <laughs> <laughs> Rich Walsh is actually a really nice guy. The first time I met him, he wasn't really fond of me. Um, and it's because we were sitting so close to each other. <laughs> so, but then after that, he was really nice. I called him Mr. Walsh. And he's like, not Mr. Walsh. That was my dad. He's dead. I'm like, okay. Okay. That escalated then. quickly. <laughs> no. Uh yeah, I, I I I'm excited. Jazz basketball here on this station. Uh big one too. Against uh, against a good Pacers team. Uh Sabonis is out for the year, right? Ah, oh, is he really? I want to say he was out for the year. Uh yeah, let's see here. I want to say he had injured himself or had an injury. Nope, never mind. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought he was. He was injured for some time. Maybe he's not anymore. I should know this, huh, when I'm studying Indiana Pacers. Yeah, you talk about throwing out, making up stuff and throwing out lies. Okay, you know what? It's just, you know, to, you know, it's to get people, uh, get people uh, turning a little bit, get them thinking a little bit. And if you want to set us straight, especially uh, Ajay. Uh, feel free to text in to our Guild Mortgage text line. Nope, he's playing. Hmm. 435-339-0321. It's always good to uh, get the record straight. Oh, shut it. Shut it. Uh, let's see here. Leon Rose is texting in. Ajay, wouldn't that jazz be okay? We can't blame fatigue. Every NBA player has built their lives around basketball. Okay, so go play a back-to-back versus Dallas and Phoenix, and then games against Sacramento, and then Washington and Oklahoma City, who are also back-to-back. And then let me know how your legs are. Let me know if you're not feeling like Jello, like ramen noodle soup. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, oh yeah, and he says, uh, I just know George stats prove you wrong. Yeah, George Yang. Okay, don't. It's a good role player. You know, I can I can only see it right now. Like the Jazz are walking into like this. I mean, because you you're a fanboy. You're the Jazz. I mean, you're gonna go to like these big fan gatherings, and here comes <laughs> Donovan Mitchell and Gobert and Joe Ingles and Quinn Snyder and John Stockton's gonna come through, and you're just gonna let him. You know, they're signing autographs, and they come. You know, John Stockton comes to you and he goes, "Hey, I'm gonna sign that basketball." Uh, no, I'm looking for George and Ying. Is he <laughs> yeah. around today? Did he make it over? <laughs> Hey, is Royce O'Neal down there as well? I want to get Royce O'Neal's autograph. Did George Yang have a great game yesterday? Yes. 
Yeah, can't you it's just say that? That's all I'm no, saying. No, no, you're making it seem like he's like the best rotational player no, on the Jazz I did team. not say that. You make it seem, you didn't have to say it. Because you're putting you words in my way. mouth. I'm not putting words in your mouth. I don't have to say mouth. anything. You're saying George Yang. You create Yang. dialogue <laughs> that doesn't exist. No, your your attitude of George Yang is, man, He would. you should be his agent. Because right now, <laughs> he's the best bench player in the M- in the NBA. He is sixth man of the year candidate right now. No, clearly that's uh, Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> but um, look, all I'm saying is, look, he had a nice game. He did. He did. He had he a good played game. played well in he the role he was given. Six three-point shots made, ten rebounds, three assists. He had a nice game as a starter. And, like, in the first quarter, the Jazz looked terrible. Oh, dude, they were getting clocked. And he was the only one making shots. (laughs) Especially in the second half of the first quarter, he started to make it a little bit more respectable because he was making shots. Uh, I thought Boyan Bogdanovich played really nicely. Did a really good job of getting to the free throw line. That was Donovan a- Mitchell uh, always struggles against Lou Dort, but I thought he actually played pretty well against Lou Dort last night. That was a crazy game. I think about it. The the Jazz route scored 31-22 in the opening frame, and then they scored 33 in the second and third periods, and they lead by 25, and then score score only 18 in the fourth quarter. Like that was that was a really weird game. Well, that third quarter, uh, Oklahoma City didn't score their first basket until there was like seven minutes on the clock. Yeah. They had so many empty possessions. Hey, what was Lou Dort's line? Do you have his? Uh, yeah, he had 41, excuse me, 42 points. Did he see 12 of 12? I mean, what did he Seven rebounds, Golly. three assists, four steals. Uh, he was 16 of 31. 7-11 from three. Hey, when uh, Bajanovic went to the court, uh, where we went to the floor in the third quarter, I think he hit his wrist and he grabbed it. Dude, I, oh, I well, grimaced. Did you see the replay on it? No, I didn't want to. He didn't wince until Rudy helped pull him up off the ground. Oh, Rudy. He's always screwing up something. <laughs> He's like, hey, let me grab the wrist. Rudy's just like surgery just on. You extending on. a hand Damn, here you go. to help him up, and all of a sudden, yoink. And oh, Boyan's like, ow. Looks at his wrist, then he looks up at Rudy like, what did you just do? Dude, come on, man. It's my bad wrist. <laughs> Go easy. Golly. Uh, yeah, you know, and I, I think um, you could tell, like, it's good to have Mike Conley there. He kind of kept things steady. But you could tell just how shorthanded the Jazz felt like they were without three guys on the floor or well, available to play. I, I really like the leadership and calming influence that Mike Conley brought. Yeah. 14 assists. I mean, the guy was just helping his teammates out, finding guys that needed a, that were open, creating opportunities for them. And that, that's a great point guard. Uh, and then Rudy Gobert, what he did in the paint. <laughs> 13 points, 14 boards, and seven blocks. Oh, man. <laughs> oh dude, yeah. They, Oklahoma City, they talked about it after the game. Like, gosh, we, he made us timid. They admitted, look, it made us timid. It does. We started changing our shot and we're changing our approach. We kept swatting everything. Yeah, I, and I think that run at the start, I think if I remember right, maybe you could help me out. I think it was in the third quarter the Jazz went on a run either to start the third quarter or to um, like midway through the third. I, it was like a 
13-0 or 10-0 run or something like that, and they were up by 20, and then they pushed it to like 25 at this point. I mean, it was just impressive. I, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it was like a 10-0, 12-0 run or something just to come out of the gates, and it really put Oklahoma City in a huge hole, and, and, and then the Thunder had to exhaust themselves just to get back into the game by the fourth. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. I mean, you want to see him go on a run like that. I just want to see him start games better. Like, this whole slow start thing is really it, it is not a good recipe for success because not every team's going to let you out of, the, out of the hole like Oklahoma City did. No, but you know what? I was in, impressed with, um, with, with Joe Ingles sitting, Royce Ingles, Royce Ingles, Royce O'Neal. Wow. Sitting. Don't you disrespect Joe like that ever. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson out. I was really impressed with the other guys that stepped up and did well. And we've already talked about George, but like Brantley, I thought Brantley had a really nice game. Mie Oni, I thought we'd see a lot more Mie Oni. He only played seven minutes. Brantley played 22. That's probably the most that we've seen Brantley. I I thought he looked pretty good. And I don't know if Brantley expected to play 22 minutes, by the way. I I think he was maybe thinking, oh, I'll play 15 or so minutes. But the longer he was out there, the better he was. And I wouldn't be surprised if they use Brantley a little bit more now as we go down the stretch, maybe because you're trying to rest other guys. If he can continue to build that trust with Quinn Steiner, because you know how that game goes, that he could see some more bigger minutes as we go further down, maybe to give Favors an extra breather. So, yeah, I was impressed with Brantley. Well, look, this is a team that that uh, has played a lot of games in a short amount of time over the last week, and so they they were they're running out of gas. They had a back to back Wednesday, April seventh, and Thursday, April eighth. Um. A day off, then they play Sacramento. Day off, they play Wash. Then they play Washington, and then the, the next night they play in Oklahoma City. So two back to backs in a week's week's time. Well, when you think about it, that seventh through the eighth game, I mean the the Phoenix team went to overtime, and they that was that was a knockout dragout fight, and that yes. turns into a playoff game. And then you turn around and then have to play Portland. You beat them by nineteen. Um. And then you got a you know Bradley Bill who's been given the Jazz problems in in. Well, in that both Sacramento games game was a lot closer than the score. Yeah, indicates. absolutely. Yeah, they were pesky as well. And then, like you said, I mean, they still win by by ten over Oklahoma City. Um, but I don't think there's as much to fret now. What you need to do is you have to take care of business early tomorrow. And by the way, you know, and I don't know, maybe this is the reason why Eric that they're playing a day game on Friday. But they turn around and play the Lakers on Saturday at 2.30 on ESPN. Yeah, Piranhas tweeted at us. The game is early because there has to be at least 24 hours between games, and they play L.A. Saturday at 2.30. Piranhas, my man, coming and through. And Sabonis is not out for the year, by the way. Yeah, I yeah I saw something. Uh, false reports coming from uh, Google. So thanks to Google for false really reporting that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's blame Google. <laughs> So, yeah, that makes sense uh, when I just saw that. that so, 2.30, that's tough. You go turn around from playing Indiana and go across and then go west to California and play the Lakers at 2.30. The good news is that you stay in California and play the Lakers at 8 o'clock. Kind of a preview of what might happen in the playoffs. Playing a team back-to-back games, same city. Um, yeah, actually, and, I really like that a lot. Yeah, Because they too. play them Saturday afternoon and then they play them Monday night. Uh, you get to stay in the city, and I, actually, I think that uh, if I'm not mistaken, that the 
the Staples Center is going to start allowing fans for the first time. I, I don't know if it will be for this game on Saturday uh, when that begins, but I, I, I swear I saw something earlier today that suggested that they were going to start allowing fans into their arena. So, uh, But I like that it's uh, like we saw with Memphis uh, last month that um, a couple of games, really three games in a short amount of time with Memphis, which is yeah. really unique, but to see the same team in, uh, in close proximity. And that'll happen again. They'll play Minnesota once in Salt Lake, and then the very next game will be at Minnesota. At Minnesota. And then they play San Antonio twice in Salt Lake City in early May. So these are good early previews to get a team ready for playoffs. Like We saw the same team. We've scouted them. Now what are the quick adjustments that we have to make on a short turnaround to face them again? So I, I really like that they do that. Um, and But look, this is a team that needs to find, uh, and, and util- not necessarily find, but to utilize its depth and, hey. and give some of its its key guys, they need to take some breathers. I mean, they've been yeah. really lucky that they haven't had a lot of injuries. Yeah. They've been pretty minor. But, but that's, that's, you, you keep compacting the I was schedule. Say, and man, you run that's the risk. playing with the devil's mistress when you're talking injuries. And you got to be so doggone careful about, you know, like over overplaying these guys to where they might pull something, might hurt something. Like, yeah, find a way to balance it, especially down the stretch here. I mean, I was actually looking at their schedule here, Eric. I mean, Los Angeles twice, and then you've got Houston uh, after a day or on a travel day on a Tuesday, and then Wednesday we go to Houston. And then, as you mentioned, Saturday, Monday, you're home in, in a, a home split with uh, Minnesota. A lot of eight o'clock games, though. By the way, uh, not just and and some are because you know they're on the West Coast, but um, or in the Western area. But yeah, there's. I mean, in regards to Mountain Time, one, two, three, four straight games at one point. That it's eight o'clock games. And then another three set of eight o'clock games, two of them at home. So, uh, and I think so. To see, Friday's game will be the last one that would really truly interrupt our show. You have a couple of six o'clock games, but that's about it. Everything else will be seven or eight o'clock. Uh, so, we would always encourage you to listen to David Locke do great play-by-play here on the Fan. But if you're interested, the game Friday afternoon will be on NBA TV. And the series against the Lakers will be on ESPN. Which, you know what? You turn on the TV, you mute the broadcast, because who wants to listen to Doris Burke dramatically describe a Donovan Mitchell shot? Um, And then you listen to... She's fine. And then you... Well, uh, I'd I'd rather have Candace Parker. So you you mute Doris Burke and Mark Davis, and you turn on TV, and then you say... Okay, Google, you know, play 106.9 The Fan, and bam, you're going to be able to listen to the game or turn on your radio. Or uh, say, Alexa, open the skill, 106.9 The Fan. Or grab your phone, get to the mobile app, push listen live, bam, jam, thank you, ma'am. There it is. There it is. There it is. Uh, You know, yeah, I mean, we we are happy to have the games here on our station, more than happy, and uh, I think it's better than getting Doris Burke's uh, expression of, you know, sweat dripping down his face with the expression of desperativity to let go of a shot and desperativity to, to put his team up by six in the second quarter. <laughs> desperativity. Yes, desperativity. Okay, her words, one. not mine. That's a new one. I don't ask her. Uh, hey, your reactions to the Utah Jazz, kind of where they are right now in the standings. Um, 
and uh, we'll continue to update the the, the standings overall. Uh, but uh, feel free to text in. Let us know on the Guild Mortgage text line, 435-339-0321. text in. Why did they think Rudy would not block so many shots? Have they not seen other games the Jazz have played? Uh, yeah, I think I, I think Rudy kind of looks at him like, "Are you are you serious?" I th- there, look. There's uh, there was some stuff going around. Just was it yesterday? Your favorite guy, Ben Simmons, is talking about how you know, Rudy is not the defensive player because he uh, of the year because he doesn't guard all positions. Well, you know what I can tell you right now, Ben doesn't guard all positions either because <laughs> guys are putting forty two points on him yeah. right now. Uh. Hey, and you know what? By the way, really, a side note to that. He needs to shut his mouth because there are teams right now that are like, oh, you think you can guard me? That's what you're saying? All right? Try guarding Jason Tatum right now. Try shutting down Kevin. You know what? We're going to put Kevin Durant on. You're going to see if you can really guard him on national television. Well, and see, actually, you're making the point that I was going to finish with is that some people think that, oh, yeah, he's really not that good. I'm going to show him. <laughs> Yeah, he needs to. He might want to start keeping quiet. And I yeah, would, they'll disrespect him, thinking yeah, he's not really the defensive player of the year. Nor should they think like Kevin Durant looks at him like, "Are you serious right now?" Because like when we when we face each other in a seven game series in the playoffs, I'm going to be calling for a switch every time I see you, and I'm just going to rise over and hit it, and I'm going to have fifty after three. And we're going to find out who the defensive player of the year is. Like, and so like he's well, doing Rudy Gobert a favor. Yeah, well, and I think there's some in the NBA who have that similar attitude towards Rudy Gobert. Yeah, like true. Oh, he's not really a defensive. But does Rudy go so out we're, there? We're going to attack him. We're yeah. going to go after him because we don't really think he's all that. But like, uh, here's but the like, difference: you, you're not watching the film. You have this machismo, like, oh, I'm the man. Yeah, oh, I'm going to show Rudy Gobert I'm better than him. And it's like, look, just watch the tape, and you'll see that you are wrong. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so, I mean, and people do want to challenge Rudy because he is that two-time defensive player of the year. I get it. But Rudy doesn't go on to national television or a live mic and say, uh, yeah, I am the defensive player of the year and it's not even close. Rudy's smarter than that. And I think Quinn Snyder has probably put a capiche on that of players vouching for Rudy and such. Just, hey, shut up and play, or play basketball. Like, if Ben wants to talk, he can talk. But I'm telling you, if I were Ben's teammates, I'd tell him to keep his mouth shut right now because he's getting lit up by a lot of players. Well, how do you feel generally about players lobbying for certain postseason awards for themselves? Um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I got to be honest, I'm not a fan of it. Like, and, James and, Harden has been active uh, this yeah. year and in years past, saying I am the MVP. I should be the MVP. See, and 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 I don't mind if a te- if a teammate wants to do it. That's the teammate's call. But the player himself. Stephen Curry, as much as I'm not a big fan of him, never did that. Never went on television and said, well, yeah, I'm the player of the year. You tell me who else would be in the running. Michael Jordan sure as heck didn't do that. Michael Jordan, actually, I swear, there were times Michael Jordan was hoping that someone else would win it, so he had a reason to go dominate him. <laughs> just, to like, a, just to be like, chip on okay, his shoulder. yeah, that's you, huh? I, Clyde Drexler in 92, Carmelo in 97. He was thrilled about it. He's like... <laughs> All right. Thank well, you. Yeah, exactly. Kobe Bryant was the same way. You know, Kobe Bryant never went on television. And he got robbed, I think, in 06, 05 by Nash, maybe. Um, and he when he should have won it and he didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, you didn't see him lobbying at the time, though. He kept his mouth shut and just, all right, I'll go play. Now, granted, they weren't that great in 06, but he was phenomenal himself. 
I'm with you. It rubs me the wrong way when somebody is actively waving their own flag. Yes. Like, yeah, you should be voting for me for MVP. What can I ask you? But if it's like, hey, you know what, my teammate, he's having a heck of a year. You guys should be talking about this guy as the MVP. I'm all for that. Support your guys. Rally for your dudes. You know, like the guys that are on your team that are on your bench. Yeah, you're doing everything you can to hype them. But I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. Somebody saying, you know, I should be, I should be the defensive player of the year. Do you? I'm the guy. Were you? Like let let your actions yeah. tell me that. I don't need your words to tell me that. Are you in the same column when it comes to the All Star game? Because Rudy Gobert vouched for himself to be in the All Star game. Mike Conley did that this year as well. Do you stand in that same column when it comes to the All Star game stuff? I think it's a little bit different. I, I know okay. it, it can seem somewhat similar, but that being part of an All Star game, it's being part of a, a group of players. When you're talking about the MVP or Defensive Player of the Year, there's only one guy who gets it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I and, and I'm almost- so to say like I'm playing at an All Star level. I'm playing at a high level with the. I'm in an elite company in the NBA. I I don't have a real problem with that as much as I do. I should be the one to receive this one award. Yeah, the one award. I mean, and Ben Simmons is in the running for Rookie of the Year again. Congratulations, <laughs> Ben. Really happy for you. Right. Um, and, and he probably thinks he's a sixth man of the year, but again, like when you go out on, like you go out from Mike to Mike to interview to interview and say that I am the best defensive player. I can tell you right now, there's a lot of good talent in the Eastern conference and every single one of them, when they get to the locker room, they talk, they talk and they sit there and they're probably having a discussion. Hey, who wants Ben Simmons? Okay. You got 50 bucks. If you can, if you can set me up on a screen and I put one over Ben, Hey, Okay, who? Okay, the one who scores the most points on Ben gets a grand. We're gonna put a grand of pot here inside of the in, in this little bucket, and whoever gets the most points over Ben Simmons gets that thousand dollars tonight. Sorry, I want to just clarify. You said you get a grand of pot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or you put a grand in a pot. So in NBA terms, because there's a big uh, difference, especially. In the NBA. So, no, hold on, hold on. It's it, it's the grand in the I pot. I want to be clear. It's, 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 We're uh, not advocating for any illegal act. You can't only, do that in Utah. Yeah, you can. But in other states, you can, maybe you can. No, you can. What do you mean you can't do that in Utah? You can put a grand down to shut somebody down on the court or, you know. Oh, you're talking about, okay. See, here you are. Taking words and, and putting them out of my mouth and taking and taking them to the world. You need to stop that. Okay. Just like that's me, not what I meant. Just like what you were doing with me earlier today. No, you've been vouching by, for George Yangley, sixth George man Yang. of the year since before the season started. We're at training camp. George Yang's the sixth man of the year. Uh Jordan Clarkson. No, 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 no. George Yang is the guy. Donovan Mitchell throws you a basketball. Hey, can you get one from George Yang by chance? Hey, some some breaking news. Oh, we need to move off this topic from Jeff Goodman, uh, Arizona. Damon Stoudemire, huh? Looking for a new head coach. Damon and Jeff Goodman is reporting. Gonzaga coach in waiting, Tommy Lloyd. Oh, I thought you were going to say Mark Few for a second. Tom, Tommy Lloyd's got it. He's a great re- boy. He was his right hand man, Mark Few's guy. Uh, Goodman reports and continues in his tweet, huge upside, terrific recruiter, has had major coaching responsibilities oh, yeah. with Mark Few wow. and helped build the Zags program into what it is. 
Boy, Damon didn't get it. Ooh, I wonder how the donors feel right now. Tommy Lloyd's a good candidate, and he's a great pick. But I wonder where Arizona, the people who put in the money, sit on this one. Interesting. Wow. Huh. So Arizona has their guy, Tommy Lloyd from Gonzaga. How does that affect the Zags going forward? <laughs> does that change their team I, much? No, and maybe it doesn't. Or does he just get, like, he was the coach in waiting, but does he finally realize, look, this guy's not going anywhere. He's had a lot of success. He's still got a lot of gas in the tank. If I want my shot, I got to call it. It's time. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. A great pickup for Arizona. Um, there is a huge mess to clean up over there, and they yes. are extremely behind the eight ball in regards to recruiting and transfer Big. portal. They need to get going now. I and I mean they lost a lot of players going into the portal now after the whole Sean Miller uh, saga, and they, they, there's just a lot of work to do, Eric, um, over there in, in Tucson. And boy, hope they can pick it up and pick it up quickly. He, Tommy Lloyd's a good coach, so I know a lot of people are going to be like, you know, where's Damon or. Um, I know there was a there was rumor that Mark Pope had some interest in the job, but uh, Tommy Lloyd's a good coach. It, it's gonna I might take him a year or so to turn it around. Are we gonna call a timeout here on the full court press? More to come. Uh, stick around next hour, AJ. You had a chance to have a great conversation with a member of the Utah State football coaching staff. Yeah, uh, Coach Tucker. Uh, got a chance to sit down with him. Um, great dude. Incredibly intelligent too. Like if. I don't know if anybody knows his academic career, but uh, yeah, I I would not be surprised if he. I should have asked him what his ACT score was. It's probably thirty six. <laughs> probably very high. Uh, so stick around for that. That's coming up next hour as well. It's a what went wrong Wednesday. We'll get into that. George Yang. What's wrong about You're hitting six three point shots? Yeah, there you go. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Selvison. 9948 says the Patriots cheat. Hey, no, we do not say the letter C in this room. Okay? Championship? Yeah. Because <laughs> sure, we're jazz fans. Yeah. <laughs> You're a Bulls guy, but you get it. You're a jerk. <laughs> wow. Weekdays from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. Earth Day is coming up. We have some laundry units that are less stressful on the environment, energy efficient, and won't be in a landfill in two years. Our best-selling GE and Speed Queen commercial washers are built to last longer, so you won't have to worry about purchasing a new washer for years to come. Plus, get $20 off our Earth-friendly Excelsior laundry detergent with purchase of a select laundry pair. That's at Daryl's, where service always comes first. Daryl's West on Airport Road. This is Noel Cockett, president of Utah State University. USU greatly values organizations that serve our community. One such organization is CAPSA, a critical partner providing additional support to USU students, faculty, and staff impacted by domestic violence. Utah State works closely with CAPSA and often refers individuals for confidential services. Thank you, CAPSA, for supporting our campus community. When you know CAPSA, you know hope.
Valley Recycling's Earth Day event is back! This year's prices are some of the best they've seen. In an effort to keep everyone safe, Earth Day will look a little different this year, running the entire week of April 19th through the 24th. Earth Day will only be held at Valley Recycling's facility at 145 North, 10th West. To limit overcrowding and to keep wait times minimal, appointments are required to drop off your recyclables. Schedule your appointment online at valleymetalrecycling.com. Snacks and cold drinks will be available. Valley Recycling's Earth Day event, April 19th through the 24th. For prices and drop-off appointments, visit valleymetalrecycling.com. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. The Utah Jazz stay on top of the Western Conference and on top of the entire NBA, for that matter. Jazz are one and a half games ahead of the uh, Phoenix Suns. A very, very tight race. Phoenix, they're playing some great basketball. Jazz are 3-3 three and three over the last six games. Phoenix, uh, they've won nine of their last ten, three in a row. They're on a three-game winning streak. Uh, Clippers are starting to get hot. They've won six in a row. So it's the competition for the top of the West is definitely heating up as we continue to approach the uh, end of the regular season. Can the Jazz hang on, uh, or are they starting to run out of gas and don't quite have that other gear like some of these other teams are starting to uh, shift into? That's what makes great team or good teams great teams, and the Jazz are a good team. They're absolutely a good team. Are they a great team? We're going to find out. A great team is able to hold on to a lead here and is able to finish. I mean, you look at their schedule, Eric, it is very favorable. Again, they have another homestand coming up from May 1st through May 7th uh, where they get Toronto, San Antonio twice, Denver, and Houston. And, and Denver is without Jamal Murray the rest of the way. Um, Houston is playing for a lottery pick. Uh, Toronto, same thing. They're at Phoenix on April 30th, and they've already lost that series to them. So that's, I mean... If they win, great, but, I mean, that, they've already lost the tiebreaker there. But Oklahoma City, at Oklahoma City, they got at Sacramento. Like, they have a bunch of favorable games. There is no reason why they should lose the one spot. But, again, they're a good team, not a great team, and that's why they will lose the one spot because they are not great enough to finish where they started. You think the Suns are a great team? They're led by a great player, Chris Paul. That's what, and, and that's what Chris Paul's going to do. Chris Paul is going to be able to coach them as a player and as a leader down the stretch to get the one seed. The Jazz are not there. They don't have that one guy who can do that. Here, here I'm just going to go to the schedule up until when they play Utah. Okay. This is Phoenix Suns' schedule up until they play the Jazz okay. on April 30th. On April 30th, right. Okay. Okay. They host Sacramento. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, host San Antonio, okay. go to Milwaukee, go to Philadelphia, go to Boston, go to Brooklyn, go to New York. Oh, they come home to host the LA Clippers, and then they host the Utah Jazz. The same Clippers that beat them to shreds. That is a brutal run before they come home to face the Utah Jazz. Um, are any of those back-to-backs, Eric? Well, do, I'm back to Philadelphia backs. and Boston, that's a back-to-back. That's a brutal back-to-back. And then uh, Brooklyn and New York. Oh, Jeez. Ouch. Those are back-to-back. 
All right. So Wednesday, Thursday, take a few days off, and then it's Sunday, Monday. So LeBron and A. Are Anthony Davis and LeBron going to play in this Los Angeles series? This weekend with yeah. the Jazz? Yeah. Uh, Davis, you know? I don't think so. LeBron, uh, I don't know of his timetable, So to be honest. In, so Utah's got Indiana, Los Angeles twice on the road at Houston, Minnesota in a home and away, Sacramento, and then at Phoenix. Like, I don't know what Phoenix is going to end up doing. In, okay, so tell me in that, well, in the stretch of Indiana, Los Angeles twice, at, at Houston, Minnesota twice, Sacramento, leading up to Phoenix, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. What are the Jazz record going to be? Indiana, Los Angeles twice on the road, Houston on the road, Minnesota home and away, Sacramento. I think they, they maybe lose one of those. Maybe. What? Really? I'm going to say they go four and three. <laughs> no, absolutely. Whoa. Look, this is the same team who just struggled with Washington, got by Oklahoma City, got beat by Dallas and Phoenix. So they're going to beat Indiana. They're going to beat the Lakers. Well, yeah, they'll beat the Lakers once, lose to them. So they'll be two and one at this point. Beat Houston, split with Minnesota. Minnesota's terrible. Yeah, but so was Washington and Oklahoma City. But matchup-wise, the Jazz match up better against Minnesota. Oh, they're going to they're going to find a way to blow one at Minnesota. That's wow. what the Jazz do. Historically, that's what they're great at doing. Uh 2417 says 4 and 3. Leon Rose says is RJ saying Chris Paul's better than any Jazz player? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say that. Um, he also wants to know if someone's coming to arrest you for gambling in Utah. That's not me. That's AJ. You were talking about throwing money down and making bets. That's not me. That's the players. I'm just telling you what, what goes on in the locker room. And you're talking about pot, too. So. Okay, don't you dare, again, put words into my mouth that are not. Uh, by the way, LeBron James, this was updated as of uh, yesterday. Okay. He is still three weeks away. Holy crap. Are you serious? Three I, weeks away? And I wonder how much of that is just we're going to give him rest because all that really matters is we need, to be, we need to qualify for the playoffs, yeah. and that's all we really care about. And they're going to qualify, right? I don't know what the standings look like. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would imagine they qualify, though. Yeah, they're going to qualify. Okay. So, uh, and, th- and then so – Man, okay, so what do you think Phoenix goes? In in so what how many games do they have leading up to uh Utah? So let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh. Before they face the Jazz. So five of those are on the road. And I think all three five, of them are at home. But five all five on the road are versus all playoff bound teams in the East. And four of those are four, three of those are against the top three teams in the league or in the East, right? Yes. Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. And Brooklyn, jeez. Oh, and, and then you got Boston and the and, and the uh, and the upsurge Knicks. Yeah, to deal with too. Okay, so you think they go what in those eight games? Four and four. Nets. Yep. So timeout. You think the Jazz are going six and one? Yep. 
But you think they're all against low, hold on. the Jazz you go think, against lower tier you teams. You think Boston is and by the way, two four one seven now says five and two. That's way too optimistic. Okay, okay, then timeout. Okay, that's fine. But then you think Phoenix on that stretch is going to go? What did you say? Four and four. Four and four. Who do they? Who do they beat? I think they beat the the teams on their home schedule: Sacramento, San Antonio, and well, the Clippers are on their home schedule. So I think they beat Sacramento, San Antonio, Boston. You think they win at Boston? Yeah. Is that on the back end of a back-to-back? Yes. Oh, jeez. And uh, they win at New York, which is also on the back end of a back-to-back. Are you kidding me? So they, they win the two back ends, and then, of course, they beat Sacramento. Then I think they, they uh, so I think they beat Sacramento, San Antonio, Boston, and New York. Wow. They lose to Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and the Clippers. I don't know who for Brooklyn is going to be playing that game. That's the question is who's going to play for Brooklyn that night? KD's back. It's looking pretty good. Okay, so I'll say I'll say four, I'll say five and three. Okay, they're gonna lose to, um, they're gonna lose to the Clippers. They're gonna lose to Brooklyn, and they're gonna lose to Boston. But they're gonna beat Philadelphia. Five and three. So they don't lose much ground on the Jets, which would be a shame because. Like, if there's any chance for separation versus Phoenix, it's that upcoming stretch. If there's any chance for a separation to create a three to four games lead, it's it's this yeah, stretch. This two-week stretch is really it, important it, for Utah. It, you're darn right. And if they don't have to worry about Anthony Davis and LeBron with the Lakers, you know, back-to-back games, that's nice. Um, I still think they, they – I think playing LA at 2.30 in the afternoon is going to hurt them. Because after Phoenix plays the Jazz – then they're, uh, most of the games that they're, they'll have on their schedule are with teams. There's a few playoff teams in there, but Phoenix should be able to take care of them. Most of them are below-par teams. Man, you are so optimistic. I love it. I'm, gl- I'm glad you are. Um, yeah, I know, like I said. And by I the think- way, LeBron James is not, or Anthony Davis, excuse me, is not projected to return for another 10 to 14 days. He's out for two weeks at least. And you know what? They might even look at him and say, hey, look, we're in the playoffs. And I love what you said. We're in the playoffs. Let's get there, and then you'll come back and be fresh and ready to go. Very, very real chance they could drop down to that seven position. And they don't even give a crap. They honestly don't even care. Because a healthy LeBron and a it healthy means Anthony more games they'll have to play though. You have to be in the play-in game. True, but that's I mean, look, one game you set out for like over half the season, and then you come back and have to play one, you know, a playing game or two or whatever it is. A healthy LeBron and a healthy AD is as good as over half the playoff teams in the Western Conference. A healthy LeBron and a healthy AD on this Lakers team is better than over half the teams in the Western Conference in the playoff race right now. They don't care about where they're seated as long as they make it. And then they're just going to go tread through whoever's in their way. You might see the first time ever that a seven seed makes the NBA Finals. That's how good they are with when they're healthy. 
And I love our Utah Jazz. I'm a big Utah Jazz guy, just like you are. Uh, but that's questionable. N- no, it's true. But I'm a realist. And when you face the LeBron James Lakers, there's not a shot and snowballs heck chance that you're going to be able to beat L.A. in seven games. That's just not happening. All the more reason for the Utah to still try to maintain that number one oh, position. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh, heavens, yeah. I mean, yeah, play for matchup if you can. I mean, and you know what? If it is a seventh, what would be that? would be a 7-2 game, wouldn't it? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, if they, if they got the seventh seed, they play the Suns. And you know what? For the Suns, that's their worst nightmare. It's having to face AD and LeBron fresh off a nice little break. And that's terrifying situation for Phoenix. You know, but I... I, I 2417 wants... He wants the air raid. I don't blame him. Um, <laughs> I'm right, though. I Honestly, I am right. You're going to get... <laughs> the look you're giving what? me. What? <laughs> the look you're giving me. You're going to get what? No, it's just like dead silence here. As you were like, I was rising. Why don't you? Why why won't you give me the air raid? The Jazz will be a one seed and not make the NBA Finals. Hit it! Yes, you heard it here first, folks. Don't you dare be shedding tears when the Jazz is a one seed. Do not make the NBA Finals. We just want the air raid when we call for it, and that is a chance to. I mean, do you agree? Like, you even said so yourself. In a seven-game series versus healthy LeBron and healthy AD, you said it, the Jazz wouldn't beat them. And if they get them in the Western Conference Finals, well, poop-de-doo. Fun while it lasted. I don't know that they'll be there. Who, the Jazz? The Lakers. Are you serious? Anthony Davis is so injury-prone. And injuries are starting to catch up with LeBron James. Yeah. I don't know. I'm skeptical. Uh, I've never, I've learned to never doubt LeBron James. Well, there's. I mean, he took Daniel Gibson and Anderson Barishow and Elmo and like Mr. Rogers to the NBA Finals in 07. And then he turned around and took Snoop Dogg, um, freaking. What's that bearded buffoon? Uh, Matthew Della Dova. And, and, and by the way, Snoop Dogg wasn't even sober, as you could tell by his uh, performance in the NBA Finals. He took those guys to the NBA Finals four straight times. Uh, 2417, speak the Jazz NBA Finals appearance into existence. Thank you, RJ. That's not what I'm doing. I'm helping yes, you understand the realism. You're using your special this is what, no. powers. No, it will oh, reverse. You know, this is your fault. It will reverse this is your whatever fault you say. Right here is telling people that I'm speaking things into existence. <laughs> this is your fault. You have led people like 2417 and Leon Rose astray. <laughs> Shame on you. Uh, Y'all. Uh, hey, we got to take another step aside and a quick timeout here in the full court press. A uh, reminder coming up um, early part of next hour, an obversa- a conversation. With the new Utah State football offensive coordinator, what makes him tick? What's this Utah State well, football team looking like? I right can now? tell you right now, I don't know what makes him tick. He sounded like Bill Belichick over the phone. I mean that in the nicest way possible. Well, 
your hero. <laughs> also, news today about uh, allowing transfers. Oh, man. This isn't good. Without having to sit out a season. We'll get into that coming up as well. But before we do that, join us next Thursday, uh, April 22nd, at Castle Manor in Hyde Park. If you're looking for an employment, if you're looking for a career change, go visit what's going on there at Castle Manor between 11 and 6. There'll be a, a bunch of different businesses there that are ready to hire right now. Bring your resume with you. And in some of the cases with some of the businesses that will be there, they may actually do some on-site interviews. So come prepared and uh, see if there's maybe a better job for you out there. Maybe you have a job right now and you just want something better or you're looking for something different. Come check out the Cash Valley Media Group Job Fair at Castle Manor in Hyde Park, Thursday, April 22nd from 11 to 6. And... uh, We'll we'll have lots of information there, a lot of different variety of types of businesses that will be available. And you can find more details at cashvalleymediagroup.com. We'll see you there on Thursday from 11 to 6 at Castle Manor. This, keep it on the down low here, is the Dan Patrick Show. They didn't go, hey, you know what? We have 16. Why don't we go to 15? Why don't we go to 14? But the NFL with 17 games? All right. More fantasy, more gambling, yeah, more money, Jesse. Feels like we're entering the load management era of uh, NFL Ooh. with all these all these games. I'm going to sit this week nine out. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Is your business hiring now or in the future? Or are you looking for a new job or career change? Plan to participate in or attend the Cash Valley Media Group Job Fair. Thursday, April 22nd at Castle Manor in Hyde Park from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Don't miss this opportunity to visit with hundreds of potential employees looking for work or to change careers. Call 752-1390 or go to cashvalleydaily.com to get involved in the job fair at Castle Manor. Thursday, April 22nd, presented by Castle Cash Valley Media Group. Cash Valley is absolutely beautiful. It's always fun to be outdoors. And now is the time to let the allergy clinic inside the Cash Valley Hospital help with venom testing for spring and summer. The allergy clinic offers testing and treatment to life-threatening stings from honeybees, yellow jackets, white-faced hornets, yellow hornets, and wasps. Independent physicians Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette offer Cash Valley a full-time allergy clinic in two locations, Providence and inside the Cash Valley Hospital. The allergy clinic accepts most insurances, including Select Med. Call the allergy clinic at 753-7880, 753-7880. There's a lot of strain on various industries right now. Supply stretched thin as demand is at an all-time high. If you are building or remodeling and are looking for ideas for stone to face your home, it's crazy. Coldwater Stone and Tree Modern and Castellite and Logan want to take that frustration and challenge away from you. They are a local homegrown business with stone products made by Coldwater and sold by Castellite. Stop in and make your choice today for brick, block, rock, paver, and tile. Go where the pros go. Online at Castellite.com. At Valley Office Systems, we want you to spring into spring and see more green with your first month's payment on us. Mention this ad to receive this special promotion. Visit valleyofficesystems.com for details. Valley Office Systems, a service company above all else. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
Eric Franson, AJ Salveson on a What Went Wrong Wednesday. How about a uh, What Went Wrong with some of the words that you're throwing out there today? No, I didn't do anything wrong. Those are putting words into my mouth. Okay, no, no, you, you know what? I got receipts. Okay, Mr. George Ying, number one fanboy. I've got receipts. Okay, you think he's like the sixth man of the year and stuff. Don't Nine, blame me. Blame you. Nine three one five. This sounds like when Ajay said, "I will bet on it that the Jazz will end the season in the six, seven, eight spot." We know that won't happen. Okay, that might have been accidental. Eric is a preacher of the truth. No oh leading God. astray. What are we doing here? <laughs> he also adds, "How has the Cougars and Broncos led Ajay astray?" No, Eric knows best. They have. Okay, I don't know. Is that like? Is that a relation to you? Nine three one five. Identify yourself. I right am not now. related to Leon Rose in any way. <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> I have to check my family tree app. You're gonna be sorely it's disappointed, Eric. Yeah. Sorely disappointed. Um, hey, just a f- just a few minutes left here in this hour. Don't forget coming up next hour conversation. Really, sorry, with really quickly though. Five Coach seven Tucker. six three. Jazz are an elite team. They have struggled in the postseason, but this is the year we have never heard that before. Let's have some optimism and believe in our team. Go Jazz! Ajay will eat his hat, and I hope we do face the Lakers and beat them in six. Hashtag take note. You guys are way too optimistic, Eric. Way too optimistic. Look, at the start of the year, I said the Jazz would be a top three team, and you mocked me. Yeah, of course I did. Here they are. They've been the number one team for months. But you know what? we got 17 games left. We're going to find a way to screw it up, though, in 17 games. 17 games against mediocre to less than mediocre competition. Well, great, because you know what? Washington didn't really get that note. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's true. Uh, hey, the last uh, minute here on the show on what went wrong Wednesday. Yeah. Um, don't mean to detract too much from the conversation, but um, I want to say what went wrong at Ridgeline High School yesterday. Really disappointing. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the news. I know there's a, a video that went viral. Um, somebody cutting down a, a pride flag there in the commons area. Bunch of kids cheering. Um, yeah, that's – we don't need that. No, those are those are a lot of kids that are they're just trying to stay alive. Yeah. A lot of them. And Ridgeline's better than that. They are. They're better than that. They've been taught better than that too. Yeah, can't imagine being one of those kids, seeing yeah, that happen, flag. and then seeing oh. all these kids cheer as oh. it's being ripped down. That make me sick. It's uh, it's no bueno. Yeah, everyone is. That's, a, that's everyone embarrassing, is, quite frankly. Everyone is who they are, and you know, accept them for who they are, and, and try to better everybody by not tearing them down. Yeah, no, I I agree. Right. Darn it, we, we can love kids, and look, they're they're faced with so many different anxieties and challenges these days. Scary. Last thing we need to do is be throwing stuff like that on them. Yeah. So that's definitely high in my category of what went wrong. As it should be. As it but should what be. went right is a lot of parents out there showing support today. Big parent rally at the school today as kids got uh, came out of school. So kudos to the parents. Those shown support. Absolutely. All right, coming up next hour, great conversation. Stick around.
I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. If you read a lot about the NFL draft, you might find some of the analysis confusing. ESPN's Mel Kuyper has a big board where he ranks the top prospects. But then he has a completely different order of players in his mock draft. The reason is teams have to think about a player's position almost as much as talent. Florida tight end Kyle Pitts, LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase might be two of the top three players in the draft, but they probably won't go in the top three picks. Teams prioritize quarterbacks. Not just because they're the most important players on the team, but the market also forces them to take advantage of rookie salary limitations. Veteran quarterbacks eat up too much of the salary cap, and you really can't build a great team around them. So here we go. Quarterbacks could go one, two, three, maybe even four. Then the fifth quarterback probably won't be on the board that much longer. That doesn't mean that they're the best players, but that's the reality of today's NFL. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. I recently had a chance to go outside and give my truck some much-needed TLC, so I grabbed Meguiar's new bright orange bottle, the Hybrid Ceramic Wash and Wax. Couldn't wait to try it. Has a unique two-liquid system that not only gently cleans the paint, but leaves behind their Hybrid Ceramic Wax protection with instant water-beating action. Now my truck looks good. It is dope. It's protected. Meguiar's Hybrid Ceramic Wash and Wax with advanced SIO2 technology. Meguiar's Ceramic Made Easy. Guys, there's one thing we all face, and it's age. It's inevitable. But we don't have to let age beat us. We can still feel good, strong, lean, and that's why I take M-Drive, the supplement, every day. Powerful ingredients backed by science. You get energized, stronger, leaner. You can hear it in my voice. Go to mdrivedan.com today. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. M-Drive's available at Walgreens, Rite Aid, and Vitamin Shop. Don't let age beat you. Refind your prime with M-Drive. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. Engagement season is in full swing, and Jarek's Fine Jewelry has been helping hundreds of couples find the perfect ring. If you are getting engaged, you have to come browse our collections. Sometimes you may find the perfect ring in just a minute, or we can help you custom create your own design. Oh, and with Mother's Day almost here, talk to us about designing the perfect mother's ring. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. This is The Herd. The winner in this is also Colin Cowherd. Tom Brady shows us what matters to him. He's been taking pay cuts for 15 years. Number one priority is winning. I've heard Aaron stubborn. Green Bay trying to do things, but stubborn is more important than winning. Ego more important than winning. This is The Herd. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. KLGN Logan, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. We Here's what you need to know. According to college basketball insider Jeff Goodman, the University of Arizona selecting Gonzaga assistant coach Tommy Lloyd as the Wildcats' next head basketball coach after U of A canned Sean Miller. The NCAA Division I Council has reportedly voted to give football and basketball players the chance to transfer once without having to redshirt a season. 
The Cleveland Browns fetch free agent defensive end Jadavian Clowney for a one-year deal, valued as high as $10 million. Clowney was bogged down by a knee injury last season. The Brooklyn Nets are holding four out of their best players out of tonight's game against the 76ers, which is about to tip off. Kevin Durant out with a left hamstring issue. Also, James Harden, Blake Griffin, and LaMarcus Aldridge are out for various reasons. And the Bucks, without an injured Giannis Antetokounmpo, suplexing the Timberwolves 130-105. to That game already final. Chris Middleton with a game-best 27 points. I'm Brian Fenley. It's the Full Court Press. There is no stopping this team! The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead! He's got it! It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like... The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson, what's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, streaming online, 106.9thefan.com, on the free to download 106.9 The Fan mobile app, and uh, wherever you may be listening. Thank you for uh, even listening. Even if it's after the fact. Got a new group podcast. of listeners just tuning in right now, you know, and they're uh, they're they're looking forward to hearing from uh, Coach Anthony Tucker and. And uh, new offensive coordinator. Um, I had a chance to sit with him for just a, a few minutes and talk uh, talk some football and spring ball. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hear from that that conversation uh, here in just a moment. Uh, also, there's news today about uh, transfer rules that looks like they're gonna change. Uh, before you had to sit out. Now that's maybe going away. And there's also some proposed changes to college basketball. We'll get to those in a minute. And some of those are definitely fit into my what went wrong Wednesday oh. category. <laughs> uh, but we'll discuss those uh, those proposals and those changes coming up. Uh, if you heard there at the top of the hour, it looks like Arizona has uh, zeroed in on their next head coach, uh, Tommy Lloyd, who is the who was the coach in waiting at Gonzaga. Uh, but has decided it's time for him to call his own shot, and he's headed to uh, Tucson to be the next head coach of the Wildcats. Uh, but, Ajay, you had a chance to catch up with uh, Utah State's new offensive coordinator and uh, get a feel for what this what these spring practices have been like. We have the spring game, blue-white scrimmage this Saturday. Up this Saturday. Yeah. So not very many practices left. And um, let's, let's just get into it and hear what he has to say about how things have been going so far and and uh, what what we might see on the field on Saturday. All right, joining me here on the Full Court Press is Utah State football offensive coordinator. It's Anthony Tucker here. Coach, thanks for your time. Grateful to have you. Oh, man, glad to be here with you guys. How are you doing? We're great. Hey, so you had a ton of success at UCF. I mean, incredible success, including in the 2020 season of your running game. What brought you to Utah State? What was the most attractive part of coming to Logan? Well, first of all, you know, I have – previous relationship working with coach Anderson. So, um, you know, we're very, very closely aligned with, with, with our approach and, and I believe in him and we've had, you know, success together. So it was very, you know, very attractive, um, to, to be able to, to reunite with him and, and, and kind of join him on this, on this, 
you know, on this new challenge. And um, the other part of it is, you know, I, I grew up on the West Coast, so I was very familiar with, with Utah State. Um, I, I played, um, you know, in, in, in an earlier iteration of this, of this conference playing the WAC conference, um, with Fresno state. And, and, uh, and I, I'd seen the, the success and rise of Utah state football also had a chance to, to face them, uh, when when coach Anderson and I were together at Arkansas state and, um, you know, they, you know, they're a really, really good team. Um, and so really attractive to, to get back to the West coast, work with coach Anderson and, um, and, and, you know, come in here and, and kind of, you know, reignite, you know, where, you know, where this program has been before, you know, just in recent years, you know, two or three years ago, you know, they're 11 win, 11 win team. And really just the success that they've had over really the last eight or nine years. So, um, you know, just really excited to get back and work with Coach Anderson. Are you adjusting to the weather all right? I mean, Central Florida doesn't see like high gust winds and a lot of snow for three days straight. Are you doing all right? You know what? I'm a I'm a four seasons guy, <laughs> so you know I, I like um, I like when the weather gets a little cool and you can put on a jacket and um, you know 90 degrees and humidity um, every day it can get a little bit uh, uh, can get a little bit tough to deal with. So um, you know I love Florida, but I have no I have no issue with with four seasons here, man, and and I have no I have no issues with these winds and. We got a little snow today, so not an issue at all. Well, hopefully the weather will be good to go for Saturday spring scrimmage. Coach, how is spring ball going for you guys so far offensively? What have you liked so far, and what do you think you could improve upon getting ready for this Saturday? I feel like we've made a ton of progress with, you know, obviously there's there's things that there's a ton of teaching and everything that goes and in, goes into it. Um, you know, from the from the standpoint of you know installing a new offense and things like that. Um, but first and foremost, we got, we have a bunch of great guys on this team. We've had zero pushback. Um, I mean, they show up and they, it's a team that is great in the meeting rooms. They're great in the weight room. They're great out on the football field. Um, they work hard. I think just really feel like we've accomplished what we're trying to accomplish and just really building the foundation of of what coach Anderson is trying to instill in this program. Um, we've had a ton of effort and guys are working really hard and very willing. So it, it makes it really enjoyable to show up. Um, cause you never know how transition is going to go. Right. Sure. So it makes it really enjoyable when you have a bunch of guys that are, are really, really kind of buying into the investment part of, of what we're trying to build. And I feel like we have a, you know, over the course of 12 practices of really you know, really kind of laid the foundation of, of, of who we are and, uh, you know, where we're trying to go and what we, what we want to be. So, um, you know, and, and as far as an improvements, I mean, there's, it doesn't matter if we're in year three, if we're, if you're in month three and as coaches, there's always room for improvement. So I wouldn't say that there's one specific thing that we need to improve on. I think we just need to continue to build the foundation and, and then, uh, you know, kind of start laying laying the bricks, so to speak, on, on where this program is going to go and, and who we're going to be offensively and who we're going to be as a team. Any separation at quarterback so far? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a it's a competition, man, and it'll it'll be a competition here for the next three or four, you know, three or four months, and and um, you know, whoever the leader is will be out there, you know, week one when we line up. The amount of experience on this 
team is abnormal to say the least. But how has that helped this new coaching staff as you guys have tried to implement new concepts to the offense? I think there's varying degrees of, of experience, right? Um, especially if you if you factor in this past calendar year with you know really no off season, really no summer, a very abbreviated season. So um, I think if if you're if you're talking about years served, that's one thing. If you're talking about experience, it's something else. So um, there's been a little bit of catching up to do um, as far as. Just, you know, and I think it's really across college football, um, you know, when you're an athlete and you have a, a huge kind of almost a pause in your development, um, in your training and things like that, um, you know, there's some kind of some ground you need to make up. And that's not just not just here, but not really across college football. So um, we're getting there, um, but we're, we're going to once we get finished with spring ball, we'll kind of take a, a deep breath and then. uh you know, once those guys are back and we're ready to get in the summer program, we're going to have a great summer and get ready for fall camp. When you look at your quarterbacks or you're looking at a certain spot on the offensive uh, side of the ball, how much stock do you take into spring ball going into fall camp? Well, I think you have a – when you get through spring ball, I think you kind of have an idea who, you know, who your team is, um, what your needs are, where you're deficient, where you're strong. Um, I, I think you kind of have an idea of, of – um, you know, what your personnel is and the personality of, of your personnel. Um, but I don't think it's a finished product by any means. Um, competition is every day. Um, and, you know, consistency is really important. So um, I don't, I think there's a lot you can take. I think the spring ball just really is about, is a foundational thing and just really kind of having a, a big picture view of who your team is um, and, and what what you need to address a little bit more, what you need to continue to polish, and those types of things. Um, but there's a ton of work that needs to be done post-spring um, with your off-season program, going into the summer, and then how you get through fall camp. So hopefully you're you're kind of uh, you know you're kind of peaking at the right time, you know, with how you, uh, how you build that first half a year um, going into the first game. Speaking and going back to the concept part, uh, you guys want to run an up-tempo offense, and I look back to Matt Wells and Coach Yost and how quick that offense was going. How different or similar are, are the concepts to what Aggie fans may have seen in those last years with, with Wells and Yost uh, compared to what you guys are going to be doing? Well, the goal is, um, you know, really not to compare yourself to anyone else, but, you know, to kind of be your own you know, your own, uh, entity there. Um, you know, our goal is to go faster than anybody else. Um, our goal is to, is to put pressure on, on the defense. Um, but you know, I wouldn't compare, I wouldn't compare us to those previous, uh, those previous systems. They've, you know, obviously those are two great coaches that have had a ton of success. Um, but we're going to be our own version of, of who we are. Um, and so, you know, if we can, you know, those guys, like I said, those guys are both, both those coaches have had great, great success. So, if if you're comparing success, yeah, would you know if we can walk in 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 that light and have the, the success, if not greater, which is you know obviously trying to push the envelope to be the greatest version of ourselves. So, uh, but those are two great coaches. But I, I wouldn't compare us to them. I, you know, we're in the infancy of what we're doing here. So, we're going to build the foundation and uh, we're going to do what we do. 
Do you guys feel like you have the personnel and the uh, talent to execute that kind of an offensive system at that kind of a pace? I do. I do think, you know, and you're never, you're never done building, you know, and you're never, you're never done developing. Um, but I think the potential is there. I think we do have, uh, we do have some skill here and we do have some guys up front that uh, I think have a ton of potential. Uh, we have guys in the quarterback room that I feel can lead the offense. Um, we have guys, you know, we have guys in the backfield. There's, there's, again, it's, and to me, uh, it, there's very, very, going back to the experience, I think it's just a matter of, of continuing to, to develop those guys, but, um, they've, they've been a lot better than I, maybe I could have thought they would be, uh, just as far as their willingness and, and, uh, what we've been able to accomplish this spring so far. Utah State football offensive coordinator Anthony Tucker here on the full court press with us. Uh, what individuals, I know you like are an offensive team concept guy, but what individuals have stood out to you so far? I think uh, Devin Tompkins has had as good a spring mm. as as anyone on offense. He, he is a really good football player that is just kind of, in my opinion, scratching the surface of, of what he's capable of doing. Um, so I would say, you know, just if there's if there's one one guy that I'd like to, you know, in my mind that that sticks out is him. I mean, he he has made plays all over the field. Um, he's he's good. He has good as good a work ethic as anyone that I've ever been around. Um, and and the good news for you know Utah State Aggies fans is is you get to see him for two more seasons. Um, and and to me, the sky's the limit with him, especially with his work ethic and his approach and how he's in the meeting room, how he lives, and, and you know he's got some leadership qualities. Um, and so I've been very, very impressed with him to, to this point. What are your thoughts so far on the quarterbacks, um, just in regard to their performance and, and what you've seen out of them? I've been happy. I've been happy with the quarterbacks. Um, you know, it, it's never easy as a quarterback, uh, I'd say, especially uh, with having to learn uh, different systems and things like that. And, and there's guys in that in in that room in that quarterback room who have been a part of um, a couple of different systems and numerous coordinators and things like that. Um, and then there's also you know there's not a ton of experience you know. And again, you factor in last year, and that delays the the development a little bit. But um, from day one to now, um, been been very pleased with with the progress. And, and obviously, there's there's a there's a, t- a ton of more uh, improvement. Um, they can they can kind of continue to build that momentum here in the next three four months. What's two of the most maybe key things that you're seeing or you want to see at your quarterback to uh, project the uh, starter coming up here and in the fall? Um, I'd say consistency. If there's one thing, um, consistent consistency is huge. We ask our quarterbacks uh, are responsible for a lot. Um, they have to be able to process. Um, they have to be able to process. You know what we're asking them to do. Um, and then they also have to be able to communicate. Um, and then when the ball snapped, um, they have to they have to be very very uh, very very keen and very very uh, detailed with decision making. Right. So you can communicate, and and your decision making is there. You're processing. Um, and you're not doing anything to hurt the team. But um, I'd say just being consistent consistent along those lines um, will allow us to be successful. Coach, you made a lot of stops throughout your career. Lakewood it started kind of in, in California for high school, then Colorado, Idaho State, Arkansas State, Maryland, UCF, and now Utah State. Who is your mentor that you've looked to throughout your coaching career? 
oh man, I would never be able to point to one guy. <laughs> there's there's been there's been so many that have been instrumental for me, you know, dating all the way back to to Lakewood um, with uh, coach that I worked for there. Um, you know, my first first college job was with Dan Hawkins and um, was a assistant receiver coach there for um, with a, a guy who's really been a mentor to me. His name was Robert Prince. He's now in the NFL. Um, Coach Anderson has been, you know, really instrumental. Learned to just learned a lot from him, um, uh, working for him, and then just as our relationship um, continued when we when we weren't together. Um, I mean, I, I could go down a long list of really great coaches that I've been around and had opportunity. I mean, had opportunity to be around Eric Bieniemy when he was at Colorado for you know eight months. Um, so, I mean, I, for me to point out one guy would would probably um, you know, uh, the service, you know, all the people that have, have played a big part in, um, you know, in, in kind of my path and, and my development. Coach, as impressive as your uh, path has been as a, as a coach up to Utah State, held a bachelor's degree at Fresno State. Uh, you were also Western Athletic uh, Conference Scholar Athlete and a three-time member of the Dean's List. And you were once a member of the President's List having a 4.0 GPA. How in the world do you do that? You know what? It's it's the same thing that I, uh, you know, I, I, when I talk to the players, is I, I got to a point early in college where um, I really developed a pride in every way that I present myself. Um, and so, what I'll tell our guys is, you know, um, you know, you should take pride in everything that you put your name on, you know, so to speak. So. Um, you know, if if I got a, you know, I got a research paper back and it had a C on it, well then that's I put my name on that. That's who I am. So I wanted to make sure that you know I got an A in football. I got an A in in uh, you know constitutional law. I wanted I wanted to make sure that if there's something that I'm putting effort in, that you know it, the result is reflected in, in actually who I am. Um, and so you know it. To me, it really wasn't that hard. It's just effort, man. It's going there. You lift weights when it's out there, and you you know you're running. You're making sure that you're running hard when you're in class. You know, I wanted to get something out of it. I, I you know I had aspirations of. I understood that you know there is a life after football, so um, you know I, I kind of took all those things serious because I didn't want I didn't want to um, I didn't want to have days that I I didn't want to have any regret at the end of the day. You know, I wanted I didn't want a door to be closed because I didn't take care of certain things on the front end. So, um, you know, and it really came from, uh, you know, a professor of mine that he really took interest in me and kind of lit a fire under me and it made me see things from a different perspective. So, um, I don't know, man, I just, whatever I put my name on, man, I want it to be reflected on who, who I wanted, you know, who I am. If it wasn't football with that kind of a resume as academically, what were you going to do? Uh, my plan was to go to law school. Okay. Um, I actually, you know, my plan was to go to law school. I had a, you know, a goal of, you know, I wanted to go to NYU. Um, and, uh, you know, I actually studied for the LSAT. And, and um, you know, I was still kind of in the midst of chasing my dreams as a, as a professional football player. Um, and uh, along with that, I was studying for the LSAT and planning on taking that, you know, that exam and, and going to law school. And, and then just as I grew and got older, I just kind of, you know, found interest in different things and went a different direction. But that was my goal. 
Well, I'm glad I ended up here at Utah State. It's great, it's great to have you, Coach. Thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate you. Look forward to seeing you and your offense this Saturday afternoon at the spring uh, scrimmage at the Maverick. Uh, great stuff from Coach Tucker. Yeah. Uh, that's, Smart that's guy. Yeah, really fun interview. Uh, you can tell why I, I compare his voice to Bill Belichick in a more respectful way than anything. Uh, no, but great stuff. Big thanks to Coach yeah, Tucker. No, you have great reverence for, for Coach Bill. You know I do. I worship the uh, the wonderful man. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and take a break. Coming back, we'll get to uh, more NCAA news, including the transfer rule that came out, how it's going to affect mid-majors, uh, what it's going to do to Power 5 colleges, and why I think it's uh, why we th- I think it's wrong. I don't know what Eric thinks, but why I think it's the wrong thing to do. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press on 106.9 The Fan. If you're in charge of hiring a company for commercial janitorial services for your building, call American Maintenance. For reliable cleaning of your business, American Maintenance is your simple solution. Curb-to-curb services, American Maintenance has you covered. For commercial janitorial services, American Maintenance. Call 512-0014. That's 512-0014. We all believe our team is the best. Whether you're a Bobcat, a Wolf, a Grizzly, a Mustang, or a Riverhawk, we can all agree on one thing. Les Olson Company is the best choice for your office technology needs. So if you need to copy it, print it, scan it, or network it, Les Olson Company is there for all of your office technology needs. Just Les Olson it. Visit lesolsonit.com today. Les Olson Company. I've got muscular dystrophy. That means my muscles are weak and it can be hard to breathe. Now is a scary time for everyone, as we are at a higher risk for respiratory infections. In good times and bad, the Muscular Dystrophy Association helps kids live with neuromuscular disease. The pandemic places more than 200,000 adults and children with muscular dystrophy at a greater risk. Breathing is often hard when you live with a neuromuscular disease, but the Muscular Dystrophy Association is here to help. MD is what ensures they receive critical medical care at one of over 150 care centers across the U.S. During COVID-19, kids like me are at a greater risk. The Muscular Dystrophy Association needs your support now more than ever. COVID-19 won't stop us. To learn how you can help, please visit helpmda.org. Thank you. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Uh, I'm excited for this Utah State offense, and I know he says, "Look, you got to be, we got to be our own selves, and don't compare us to anybody else." But you know what's going to happen because the last time we saw a fast-paced offense at Utah State be successful was Wells and Yost in '18, right? And I mean, they put up record site numbers, so uh, there, there, there will, will be a draw comparison. comparisons, absolutely as it should. Honestly, it's it's probably unfair. It's unfair to the coaches. It's unfair to the kids. But yeah, you can expect it to happen. That's how it's that's how it's gonna go. Yeah. Uh interested in the um the quarterback situation. I know he's very hush hush on it. Like every other coach will be and is in the country. Um, you know, with the last scrimmage we saw Cooper Legalic really good. Andrew Peasley did not. Uh 
We haven't seen Logan Bonner. He's been out for a little bit. So, um, you know, maybe we see him during fall camp, I would imagine. Uh, be interested in what we'll see uh, in the scrimmage on Saturday, though, from the quarterbacks. Yeah, that that's always uh, one of those positions that everybody likes to focus on, and for good reason. And uh, we want to see who seems to grasp this new offense better, who, who seems to execute it better. But granted, I think we also need to keep in mind, look, it is spring. Okay? And these guys are, a lot of them drinking from a fire hose with the new coaching staff and some new concepts. And so I don't know that we can judge too much by what we see on Saturday because they're still going to be in the weight room. They're still going to be in the film room, uh, in the downtime. And then when they get back together as a team in late July, early August, then we can start to make more of those uh, real evaluations like, and start to see how things are, are, are trending with different personnel, with different units, and things like that. I'm encouraged to hear about uh, Devin Tompkins. Now, this is a guy who played really well in the scrimmage before. Coach yeah. Blake Anderson had high praise of Tompkins uh, in the first scrimmage, and uh, he just he doesn't seem to be letting off. He was a great player last year, too. He made some great plays for the Aggies. Well, yeah, and that's with, with a bad quarterback. I mean, Jason Shelley was not a good quarterback, and he was underthrowing Tompkins or missing Tompkins by a mile. I get a quarterback in there. I mean, whether it's Peasley, Legault, or Bonner, who's going to give him a chance to go make a play. And if you can do that, I mean, I, I would, more often than not, Tom DT's going to make that play without a shadow of a doubt. I'm excited for DT and what he's going to be able to do this year. And for that receiving core, too, that's a big group that comes back. Scarver, Nathan. Um, who is the other guy? TT. There's one more guy, too. I feel like I'm missing. Uh, Carson Terrell. Taylor Compton. Is Taylor Compton back? Well, I don't know if he's coming back. I don't think he's back. I don't think he is. Uh, Carson Terrell's back, though, right? If I remember right. Yeah. That's that's another big one. Bryce, uh, be Bryce Mortensen. Yeah, Bryce Mortensen. Yeah. One more time for him to get his feet under him after coming back from a mission. Sure. Uh, was there anything else that stood out to you uh, primarily in that in your interview there with, uh, with Coach Tucker that kind of surprised you? Um, Jeez. Uh, I got to go back and think about the interview itself. No, not really. I think everything else kind of, you know, uh, like you said, he's going to be, and, and, and he does it in a respectful manner, but he's going to be kind of vague on some things because he doesn't want to, you know, showcase everything through an interview. And uh, the offense will be interesting, though. Um, you know, up-tempo, that's, that's one thing I'm really looking forward to. I mean, we saw on, you know, you and I sat with each other at the scrimmage the, the first time, and you could hear Anderson saying from the field, we're not going fast enough. We need to go faster. And then he said it in his post-game interview, too, like, we're not going fast enough. It has to be faster. And you and I looked at each other like, how much fast? I mean, how much faster can you possibly go at this point? Uh, yeah, Eric, what, what do you think in regards? I mean, you to be able to have an offense go that fast, they have to execute. I mean, because if you're going three and out in 45 seconds, that's exhausting for the defense. Do you are you at all worried about maybe, you know, a talent or maybe the offense not executing well enough that we're going to be in the same situation as we were in? 19 when we were getting drug on the field all over the field by Air Force, BYU, and Boise State because we weren't good offensively in a no-huddle system. Sure, I think that is a concern. Um, that If the, the up-tempo offense works, as long as you're 
it is working, right? If it's not, if you're not executing, it is a death sentence for your defense. Yeah, because you barely got off the field, and you have to turn around and go back out there again. So, uh, the the nice thing here for Utah State is that there are some really good key, experienced guys back, and some of those guys were familiar with that the last time they ran a fast paced up tempo offense. And some of those guys played big roles in that up-tempo, fast-paced offense. Yeah. So I'm what? not overly concerned. I know they've got uh, time to to work it out and, and improve upon it. Whereas in 19, it was a new coaching staff who was trying to maintain what was done before but putting their own stamp on it and introducing additional concepts. And it just it got more confusing and more the, the water was more muddy. And so that's what created more of the the problem, uh, I, and I think here it's it's uh, more of an opportunity to to build from the ground up rather than take what was working and tweak it and put our own personal stamp on it, which just didn't really work. Yeah. So what I, I'm not overly concerned. And the other thing too is when Utah State with Coach Yost started going into this up tempo fast-paced offense. I remember talking to the players about it after some of the practices, and they said, when it comes to game time, the game slows down. Because yeah. pra- game time is nothing compared practice to our practice. Practice harder than games. Yep. No. Yep. I remember we, we heard that a lot from the 18 offense. Like when we, were, we were talking to those guys, and they'd be like, dude, practice is exhausting because we don't get a break. We don't get a chance to breathe. You know, we get water every now and then. Like, they were making it seem like it was just – a, a hell camp or something, and then like they, but they get when they're on the game, you know, there's breaks, there's timeouts, you know, there's injuries at times and whatever, and and so they're like, oh, this is a cinch. Hey, what is the key, Eric, in making sure a no huddle offense runs well? What like, what's the one key for you to make sure that a, 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 a offense runs no huddle successfully at fast pace? Gosh, I think there's a lot of keys. Um... Uh, I think it's the the biggest one is everybody needs to know where they're going, mm-hmm. and nobody can freestyle um, because there's got has to be a lot of anticipation. Um, if it's the quarterback can't spend a lot of time just sitting back there and trying to decide where he wants to go or where he, where things need to be. So I think for a, a fast-paced offense, it's got to be the quarterback has to be able to make his reads quickly and move on. Yeah, no, that's a- and if everybody's running their routes to precision and, and doing what they're supposed to be doing, then yeah, it, it comes off quickly. And I, I get it. That's saying how all offenses should work, but it's especially important in a in a no huddle, fast-paced offense. No, I'm with you. Um, nine four six three uh, says I'd be interesting. I'd be interested in seeing the analytics behind the hurry up offense and just a conventional offense and the risk reward of it. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, I do know this. I saw a clip just uh, just not too long ago about um, it was uh, Nick Saban mm-hmm. talking about how. That Alabama team has 
totally done a 180 from where he used to believe traditional football, how best it, it was executed, right? how to best run an offense, how to best win games. It was a huddle offense. It was power run game. It was, you know, just uh, from one end of the field to the other, chewing up a lot of clock. Where are your opponents down? But he has seen uh, over the years how it has uh, been evolved, and he, he credited, um, gosh, what's the guy's name? He was at uh, USC, then he was at Tennessee. He was on his, uh, he was his offensive oh, coordinator. Yeah. Now is it like Ole Miss? Not Lane Kiffin. Yeah, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin Kiffin convinced him that he needs to go at a quicker pace and it needs to be more offensive firepower. And he flat out admitted, like, I I fought it, but now I'm all for it. And Alabama is one of the fastest-paced teams uh, in, in the country. They were scoring touchdowns as fast as anybody, if not faster. And so it has definitely flipped. The trend has flipped. Um, nine three one five. The fast and let's go slow idea with Gary did not work. Yeah, a lot of offense with Gary Anderson did not work. Uh, nine three. Oh man, my computer froze. What do you got on nine three one zero? Nine three one zero. If you don't get a first down, fast pace is a great way to lose. Yes, Air Force proved that. Boise State proved that, and BYU proved that when they played us. Like we're going to shut down your offense, and then we're going to exhaust your defense. And we're going to put you behind the eight ball, and then your offense is going to want to hurry up more, and it's just not going to work. So no, it's true. If you don't, uh, if you don't get that first first down, your your defenses will just hate you. <laughs> so last year, in, in, and this is NFL compared to college. This is this is just NFL. Um, but last season in the NFL, um, a majority. Let's see, the entirety of the NFL. In no huddle offenses, um, ran thirty four thousand five hundred seventy eight plays between the whole entire NFL. Right in no huddle, fifty eight percent of those were passing plays with a successful rate of forty eight percent. With a nine hundred twenty touchdowns to four hundred fifteen interceptions, run plays were still at a high rate though, at forty two percent, gaining over fourteen thousand yards uh, and about four and a half on per carry. Now, in a huddle offense, Eric, it was 90% of, uh, of total plays. Uh, pass plays were at a 57% rate. Run rate was still at a 43%, so almost at its average. And, uh, and there was, what, 94? It was, it was a 94.5 rating in pass plays in the huddle when it's 93.5 in no huddle. And they threw 855 touchdowns to 365 interceptions. Still ran for 13,000 yards. So, I mean, and, and again, that's NFL. And I'm sure college is a lot different. Um, but, I mean, not a huge difference between huddle and no huddling. Numbers dropped, actually, on the no huddle compared to huddling. But that's in the NFL. That's in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think it is different in college. Okay, well, I'm sorry for looking but it I, up. I don't, I don't know what those numbers My are. That's bad. just a, that's a hunch. My bad. Uh, a lot of college concepts are being more and more adopted in the NFL. We see more RPO. Mm-hmm. Uh, two three zero five texts in the secret to a fast offense. Um, 
Offensive line, man on me, take him. No man on me, take first man inside. Take first man inside. No man inside, take first man downfield. And then let your athletes do the job. I was laughing at you reading it, not the texter. I yeah, promise. Trying to, I was laughing at you. Um, no, it, it's true. Like, uh, like the thing is, and he's right. The secret to a fast offense is your offensive line understanding who's got who, like assignment reading, and and uh, and taking the first guy that makes that first step inside to the A gap, making sure that the B gap's filled, making sure. That, I mean, you're, you're, and then the quarterback's got to make sure he calls the right package, right? Like blocking screams, the uh, calls out the mic backer finds the blitz coming from whatever side it's coming from or if it's coming through the middle. Um, there's got to be, I mean, it's got to be purely good, great communication between the quarterback and the offensive line. And Jordan Love was really, really, really good at that. That's what made him so special is he could get to the line, understand the scheme coming at him from the defensive perspective, making the right calls, making the right reads, um, protecting his backside, and the offensive line understood it all. I mean, when, you, when you're led by Quinn Ficklin, who understood it too, it was just a very smart offensive line, a very smart quarterback working together, and that's and that's why it worked so well. Yeah, this is a unique situation this year for Utah State with so many returning players, the super seniors, the grad transfers. Um, it's this isn't a development team this year. I mean, yeah, there are young guys that need to be developed who didn't have that opportunity a year ago. Yeah. But this, by and large, is not a development team this year. Yeah, exactly. So they will have opportunity to to learn and grasp these concepts quicker than you normally would with a new coaching staff. And some of these concepts, in theory, are kind of similar to what they've experienced just a few years ago. So... I'm really excited about what this team could do, but there are still some really big question marks about how it's going to be executed with personnel on the field. Like, who who gets what assignment? Yeah, yeah. And That's still to be determined. Receivers got to run crisp routes, too. Receivers got to run. I mean, like, if we're going to go that fast, receivers got to run routes. They got to run them efficiently. They got to run them sharp. You got to cut on time. You got to make a break on time. You got to have your hands ready. Ball's got to come out quick, and you got to get going. There's a lot of things to the no-huddle offense besides just getting up and running the play in regards of execution, I should say. Uh, I'll throw this out there. Like, what are you most interested to to watch and pay attention to on Saturday for the blue-white scrimmage when you see them for the last time yeah. before <laughs> August? Um, I want to know if the offense has improved because I feel like the defense dominated the first time. I want to know what the, op- the improvements the offense has made. Um Especially the offensive line, you know. I want to see what the what, you know what we got there. Running game looked really good. Let's see how that how that stands out one more time. So four three five three three nine zero three two one on the Guild oh, Mortgage you're text line. Them. Got it. I'd like to hear their takes too. I'm happy to hear yours too, AJ. Uh, for me, it, last time they didn't have any red zone packages that they had really worked on, and so anytime they got inside the twenty, they shut it down. So. What does this team look like when everything gets compressed? Uh, that's uh, that'll be interesting to see what differences are there. Um, and then I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm kind of curious to see what uh, how well that offensive line protects 
uh, the quarterbacks, and is if there is any separation there. Yeah. Uh, spring game on Saturday. What time is it at, Eric? Oof. Actually, I don't even know that. I haven't seen the time yet. Have you? I was just uh, thinking I need to find that. Oh, man. This is not going to be good. Tell you what, we need to take a timeout here anyway, so we'll call yeah. a timeout. Cop out. And when we come back, we will have the time. We'll also talk about this new transfer rule that looks like it is going to be in place, uh, how that might affect places like Utah State. We'll discuss that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. Engagement season is in full swing, and Jarek's Fine Jewelry has been helping hundreds of couples find the perfect ring. If you are getting engaged, you have to come browse our collections. Sometimes you may find the perfect ring in just a minute, or we can help you custom create your own design. Oh, and with Mother's Day almost here, talk to us about designing the perfect mother's ring. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. Hey everyone, it's Kim with the Logan City Police Department. It's finally springtime, which brings warmer weather and everyone is wanting to get outside, including our furry friends. We are teaming up with the Bridgerland Applied Technology College of Animal Sciences to bring you our dog chipping clinic. This event will be held Saturday, April 17th at the Bridgerland West Campus, located at 1040 North and 1000 West, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Remember, all dogs must be on a leash and have proof of their rabies vaccinations. All COVID protocols will be in place. Hope to see you there. Hi, this is Ashley with LSS Insurance. Have you heard? The marketplace is making major changes. Improvements to affordability through the health insurance marketplace by increasing financial assistance, lowering your premiums, and more generous cost sharing to lower your out-of-pocket max. If you have coverage, come in to see if you can save even more. Never applied? We can help. Go to lssins.com or call 752-9493. That's 752-9493. I'm a tremendous uncertainty for everyone, but some things haven't changed. Stomach cancer is still a leading cause of cancer death worldwide. More than one million people will be diagnosed this year alone, and it's vital to know your risks and learn ways to prevent it. It's also critical for cancer patients to protect themselves from all viruses. No Stomach for Cancer encourages you to listen to medical experts to understand your risks. Find out more about COVID-19 at cancer.gov and learn more about your risks for stomach cancer at nostomachforcancer.org. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to Full Court Press, Eric France and Andre Salveson. Hey, just a reminder, join us at the job fair on Thursday, April 22nd, not tomorrow, a week from tomorrow. It's going to be at Castle Manor in Hyde Park from 11 to 6. So if you're looking for a job or a career change or you just want to improve what you're doing, come out and uh, check it out. There's several local businesses. There will be dozens actually there where um, vendor space is all filled up so if you were hoping to still get a space to try to find employees well you can still contact us there may be an opportunity to still fit you in but um, there's a lot of businesses that will be there who have employment openings and opportunities right now so bring your resume you may even be uh, asked to be interviewed there on the spot so be prepared for that 
And uh, it's, there's going to be a lot of different businesses, a lot of different industries there uh, at, at the, the Castle Manor in Hyde Park on Thursday, April 22nd. Um, it's from 11 to 6. You can find out more details at cashvalleymediagroup.com. And uh, we'll see you at the job fair on Thursday, April 22nd at Castle Manor. Uh, if, you have, if you want more details, you can also call our front desk, 752-1390. That's 435-752-1390 uh, to find out more details about our job fair coming up uh, next Thursday. Uh, and a couple other things that are going on. And by the way, the uh, we did get details about the blue-white scrimmage coming up on Saturday. It is going to be kicking off at 2 o'clock. Gates open at 1. So... I think we should have some nice weather by then. Shouldn't be looking like what we are experiencing now. Uh, so come check out what you, this Utah State football team looks like. If you didn't get a chance to see the uh, scrimmage a few weeks ago, uh, you missed out. It was fun. Uh, but uh, this one could be even more interesting as they've had more time to work on some things. Uh, high is supposed to be 55 degrees on Saturday and full sunshine. So it should be should be nice. Might be a little cool, but uh, yeah, bring a jacket, sit in the sun, watch some football. So two o'clock, they're on Merlin Olson Field, the blue and white scrimmage. Uh, they will have one more practice after that uh, the following Monday, but uh, it's it's winding down the spring practices for Utah State football. Um, but uh, there's some changes in the works that could be affecting schools like Utah State. And it's this new transfer rule that the NCAA is going to allow. They voted today to change the longstanding rule that usually would try. To, it was kind of a a deterrent, right, to to keep players from moving around too much. And if you wanted to switch schools, you had to sit out a year. Uh, but uh, according to the Associated Press, two people with knowledge of the council's decision, they've said that the NCAA Division I Council has voted to change that rule. And it would uh, it would eliminate the uh, one year of having to sit out. Uh, the, the, it's a, the meeting is still going on. I guess it's a two-day session. It won't end until tomorrow. But uh, it's called the one-time exception. And it's available to athletes in other sports in NCAA. Uh, You can transfer and play immediately. But it is not that way in football, men's and women's basketball, men's ice hockey, and baseball. And the only way you could get that transfer exception, just transfer and go play for the next team right away, is you had to apply for a special waiver to do that. It had to be some kind of a hardship. So, Ajay, good thing or a bad thing that this puts uh, all sports all the same, you can transfer and play with another school the following year? Or is the NCAA making a mistake in these um in these uh, sports that are the the money sports for for college athletics, I think it's dangerous. I think it's really really dangerous to be able to say, you know, we're going to give you the chance to go elsewhere, wherever you want to go, as long as the school accepts you. 
that you can play there and be eligible immediately. Like a, a lot of mid-major programs are going to take a hit from this. Um, they're 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 going to take a huge hit from this. Uh, because I mean, these players want to go play at a big time school, but they don't want to sit out that year. Well, now they don't. Now they can go there and play immediately. But kids, ha- excuse me, kids have to be careful that they don't think just because they're going there and they're eligible to go immediately that they're going to play immediately. They need to understand that there's a difference between going there and being eligible immediately and going there and playing immediately. Like if you are at, jeez, I don't know, Gonzaga or or, or Pepperdine. But you know, but maybe a school like um, you know Utah or Oregon will take you. Those athletes at Oregon are a heck of a lot better than you. That's why they're at Oregon. And you got to understand that you may not see as many minutes as you were at Pepperdine. You may not get the touches. You may not get the shots because, again, you're against players or you're with players who are much, much better than you. But we've seen it the flip side as well. Look at a guy like Marco Anthony who went to Virginia, wasn't seeing playing time transferred to Utah State, and he's a featured player. Yeah. Now he's going to leave and go somewhere else again. But but Utah State has definitely benefited from that. They've had transfers from other programs. Mm -hmm. They've been able to step right in. Guys who thought they were going to have a role at a quote-unquote power program realized that they didn't fit in the proper pecking order like they thought they would, at least not according to their timetable and opted to go somewhere else where they could be fit in and use right away. So it it really works both ways. I'm I'm in favor of this, this proposal. Why? Two big reasons. One, it puts all sports in line. They're all the same. Yeah, okay. That's a good point. Like, why does softball get to transfer without penalty, but girls' basketball has a penalty? Why? I mean, that makes no sense to me. Why can't a volleyball player transfer from one year and play for another school the next year, but you can't do that in football? It just doesn't seem fair. Let's put them all similar. Let's all have the same rules across all sports. And then the other reason is, look, if it's not working with where you're at, why are you penalized? Why can't you go somewhere else where you do fit in better with where your your skills may be more needed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's more the purging of young of smaller schools for P five schools. Well, I think that's a that's a common fear, and I understand that, but I think it works the other way just as well. But it doesn't. It doesn't. No, I mean you're not going to get a guy from Arkansas being like, "Hey, let me go to Utah State." I mean, the Mountain West is. The Mountain West is full of players who were originally committed to go to Kentucky, UCLA, mm-hmm. uh, Virginia. Yeah. That, look, it didn't work out. And they left. They came to the Mountain West. And they're star players in the Mountain West. And guess because what? Because they have a role. And they have an what? opportunity. Yeah, but here's the thing. is Now, one year now, guess what? They're going to leave. They get, I mean, they get one great year, and then they're like, hey, now I'm back on the market. Now I'm, I'm valuable again. So let's go see what my value is worth in the market. Of of the recruiting portal, and that's that's scary. Because so what you get them for one year, and then you got to deal them off again, or they want to get out of there because they want to go to you know. I mean, Matt McClung's he went from Georgetown to Texas Tech and is leaving again. <laughs> yes, 
That is a little silly. I mean, there, there, no, and, and there's a lot of those kids who have like been to two already two schools in three years and are looking for a, a third one in four years. Kobe McEwen. That and see, that's a big one too. Go, I mean, it was at Utah State. Did fine. Didn't wait it out. Left to Marquette. I thought he did okay at Marquette. I thought he got opportunities. Now he's at Weber State, where he's going to get a lot of opportunity. But he's at Weber State. You don't think Weber State's going to be excited about having a guy like Kobe McEwen on their roster, who was in the Marquette? No, they will. But they got to understand, like, look, Kobe McEwen's going there for one reason, and one reason only, to get his. That's the only reason he's going, is to get his shots. Nine three one five on the Guild Mortgage text line. What is this teaching the uh, the college players that if it's hard, just go someplace elsewhere? How will this affect them down the road? Will they feel entitled? Well, and, and not so, everyone makes a pro league. And and see, the other thing is, is people are like, well, coaches get to leave whenever they want, and then they get a, you know, it's no. True. But this is different. There's this no is penalty different. for a coach. He doesn't have to sit out a year if he's going to get another job. And that's true. But he's coaching a team. Like you're a player on the team, getting your school paid for and whatever. And like, I mean, if you develop a chance to be able to go out and you're going to go somewhere else, where they're going to pay for your school too. Yeah, but I mean, what what good does that do you? Like, if you go from one power five to another power five, or if you go from one power five to a lower school, I mean, what does that tell coaches? So he's like, hey, well, he's I man, he can't can't be consistent in one place. He's got to go somewhere else. Why did you leave for this school? Why did you leave for this school? You know, what what what's the reason? Look, coaches are always recruiting, whether it's kids at the high school level, junior college, or now in the transfer portal. It's, it is a common way of life today, and it has been for years. It's not like this is a new thing that fell out of the sky. Yeah. Yes, the transfer portal has become a much bigger thing than it was five years ago. Do you? But it is a way of life. And look, how is it, what's it going to teach them? You know, if it's hard, you just move somewhere else. Look, if you're in your current job and it's not working out, does everybody get mad at you? Or are you looking for an opportunity to try to find a better position? I mean, yes, you should try to figure it out first, but if it's not working out, how long do you have to wait? Here's and the other problem I have, and the one thing I got to ask you is uh, with this whole recruiting and, you know, or I guess transfer portal, how much does it ruin the opportunity for high school kids who want to be recruited? Because now you can just dig through the portal, get what you want. Well, I agree. There may be some programs that are like, look, we're not even going to recruit high school players. I'm and just going to focus way. on the portal. And I don't blame them one bit. I don't blame them in the least bit. I wouldn't. Look, if you if you can get a kid who's already been through college and he's already going through and, he, and he's played high-level ball and take him and put him on your team and he's going to be effective and impactful immediately, I'm taking that over, I'm taking that over a high school recruit easily. Because they will have already had the college experience, yeah, the travel, and, and they've already developed themselves the competition, and they've already developed themselves to be really, really good. All right, another quick break here in the full court press. When we come back, some final thoughts. 
This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. Earth Day is coming up. We have some laundry units that are less stressful on the environment, energy efficient, and won't be in a landfill in two years. Our Maytag front load washers use less water and clean amazingly well. Plus, get $20 off our earth-friendly Excelsior laundry detergent with a purchase of select laundry pairs. That's at Daryl's, where service always comes first. Daryl's West on Airport Road. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. There's a lot of strain on various industries right now. Supply stretched thin as demand is at an all-time high. If you are building or remodeling and are looking for ideas for stone to face your home, it's crazy. Coldwater Stone and Tree Modern and Castellite and Logan want to take that frustration and challenge away from you. They are a local homegrown business with stone products made by Coldwater and sold by Castellite. Stop in and make your choice today for brick, block, rock, paver, and tile. Go where the pros go, online at castellite.com. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Hey, last little bit here, last final seconds. Uh, well, we don't have to. We'll have to get into this more tomorrow. There's a lot more to digest That's here. It's a great text message. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.